Welcome into the second month of the Corona uh, pandemic. Uh, stay at home. Uh, don't do anything stupid or rash. And read the Miami Herald edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. Star of the show, Adam Beasley. What are you doing right now? Uh, well, uh, I am talking to you. Uh, I just got back from Publix. It was, uh, as expected, barren shelves for a lot of paper products. I couldn't find any paper towels. But I did get some nice sirloin burgers that I'm going to put on the grill. Maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. I don't know when. But uh, it was a success because I, I came back with burgers and beer. What What the hell? What, I mean, you you... You've you've posted on social media pictures of barren shelves, uh, and I'm wondering, do you live in like outer Siberia or what? Because I mean, I go to uh, Costco here, and they've got toilet paper up the yin yang, which is where toilet paper goes anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, I, I, I go. My my wife takes me to Publixes here. We've got two Publixes within a mile of my house. And they've got stuff. Uh, there's a Costco, uh, not a Costco, a, Wal- a Walmart across the street. And they've got stuff. Where do you live, dude? Uh, I mean, basically, I, yeah, I live basically in the swamp, all right? I live in uh, northwest Broward. I live in Parkland. And although we have a lot of, of, of amenities, uh, a steady supply chain apparently isn't one of them. Uh, uh, my wife uh, woke up, woke me up this morning. It's like, I got to go to Target. I, I have to get paper towels. And I was like, no, no, you're fine. Well, I'll go to Publix and get them. She was right. I was wrong. Wow. I guess uh, the density, uh, many people living in, uh, in, in the area, correct? Because you, Well, I think you, I, you, you have, you have a, uh, a, maybe a broader uh, uh, array of options as well. I mean, we're, uh, yeah, I've got two Publixes within you know, two or three miles. But, gotcha. uh, but that's all there is in Parkland. There's like two restaurants and, and a couple of Publixes. So um, th- it wasn't packed today, but surprisingly, I could not find any, uh, any paper towels. Well, as I, I told you privately weeks ago when this all started, if, if you're really, you know, hard up to, to wipe your butt, just, uh, <laughs> you know, come on over. I'll slip you a couple of rolls and it'll be fine. It's going to yeah. be good. I, I, I don't I, want I, you to go around walking around with monkey butt, okay? Well, I, I, I appreciate that. And that's that's a true test of friendship in these trying times if someone's <laughs> willing to offer up a roll of TP. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb, Armando. Are you a, are you a prepper? I Well, okay. So I'm not a prepper. We're not preppers. But I will say this. Um. Costco did have, uh, you know, or, and has always supplied online food that you can store for years. <laughs> and it's, and it's, and it's, um, and it's dried food that you, you know, like mashed potatoes and uh, stuff like that, that you just add water to and poof, you've got Thanksgiving right in front of your face, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we, I, I may or may not have gallons of that. May or may not. <laughs> you could sur- you could survive a mission to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably could, uh, but you know we don't store up 
gobs of toilet paper, nor have we, you know, uh, gone and, and fought the 67-year-olds and beat up, like, a 72-year-old lady to get to the last roll of Charmin. We haven't done that. Well, that's 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 encouraging to hear. The, the one good part about this, and there's been a lot of, obviously, bad parts about the last month, but one of the good parts is I finally broke down and bought a grill. And, you know, I've, I've, I've owned a single-family home for a year and a half now with a you know, with a, with a, with a lanai on the water, and it's, it, it's, it's idyllic in the wintertime, Armando. I just was stubborn and never bought a grill. Well, there's nothing else to do right now other than grill some meat. And, oh, my goodness, the difference. And we've been eating like kings. Do you know what we had on Saturday night, Armando? I don't know, but you're going to tell me. Please do. A three-pound dinosaur tomahawk ribeye. Ha- and, wow. And Each? It was, <laughs> no, I'm not Barney Rubble, okay? We, we <laughs> like, split, what the frick? We split that. But okay. uh, we put that on the grill. On on Sunday, we had chicken kebabs. Monday, uh, mahi. And uh, last night, we had pork chops and bone-in pork chops. And all these things um, are much cheaper than going out to a restaurant. And I would argue that the, filet that, uh, the, uh, the mahi filet that I put on the grill was better than a lot of mahi sandwiches I get out and about in, in South Florida. So save your money, uh, for at least for now. We need, to, uh, we need to help small businesses out when this clears. But save your money and uh, get a grill and, and, and put some mahi on the grill and you'll be eating like a king. That's my tip for South Florida. Well, I'm, I'm very happy that you've joined America and mm-hmm. you've got a grill now, mm-hmm. <laughs> Beasley. By the way... Uh, grilling fish, I've never mastered that thing. I just it just doesn't it's, work it, for me. It's a fine line. It's a very fine line because you don't want to do it too soon, flip too soon because then all the good stuff will rip off on the grill. But too long, you dry it out. So you kind of basically right. have to t- test it every couple of minutes with a fork to see if it peels easily off the grill. If you can do that, you're in business. Well, thank you. You see what you get listening to the Dolphins in Depth podcast now everyone listening knows that a you have to have a certain ability to grill fish and you know how to do it and b beasley will not have to endure monkey butt because i've got (laughs) i've got his back don't worry we've got plenty of palm fronds in the backyard anyway so if we're i'll be okay all right very good so you know speaking of grilling The last year or so has been um, one in which the media has pretty much grilled the Dolphins. Oh, nice nice segue, Armando. Like that? You like that, huh? Yeah, because they deserved it, honestly. They they sucked. But, but, um, dude, I was looking at what their potential lineup, lineup could be going forward and we are sitting here three weeks before a draft in which they have 14 draft picks including five picks in the first two rounds and they look on paper granted like a good team (laughs) yes (laughs) wow i i think the uh a couple of good things have happened to the dolphins in the last month Free agency was one of them. They had uh, the most money to spend, and they used that money, I think, by and large, in a very wise way. I mean, we can 
the, the Byron Jones contract's the one that sticks out to me, and that's the one we can quibble about. But every, every other contract they signed were quality, good players on reasonable deals. And, and so that was, that was good. They have their, their defensive lineup now, as, as you were alluding to, I think offense still needs a fair amount of work, which will be, I think, their focus in the draft. But on defense, this is, on paper at least, one of the more talented groups they've had since I've been on the beat. I mean, I, I think for for so long, guys, you're you're hoping like guys like Jerome Baker and Raekwon McMillan were going to be the best players on your defense. Now they're just bit players, right? I mean, I don't think after all the linebackers they've added, um, I don't think Jerome Baker is going to be asked to be the the captain of the defense this year. I don't think that's going to happen. And so the the their better players in 2020 are middle-of-the-road players. I mean, 2019, they're better players are now middle-of-the-road guys in 2020, and that's obviously how you build a roster. So they, the, the possibilities are endless with this defense, particularly if they keep Xavier Howard. Yeah, one of the fallouts of um, improving your, your team is that the players who were marginal in the past and fans out there said, we're going to wait on this person, we're going to... We're going to hope, be hopeful. Let's see how it turns out. Those players are going to be left by the wayside. And I'm looking at you, Charles Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, your time has come, and it's possibly gone, as far as I'm concerned. Your former first-round draft pick, 2017. Last year, remember, the whole narrative was, well, it's a new defense. He's going to get to do different things. Things are going to change. Yeah, no, they didn't. No, right. you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, th- I mean, there are a bunch of names like that on offense and defense. Kalen Balaj, he was the starter by, and I know he's coming off injury, but he was the starter by default after the Mark Walton thing went down. And I doubt he makes the team at this point. I think he's gone. I mean, there, there are a long list of players that played meaningful snaps for the Dolphins last year that will be, make, that will be lucky to make this team. Isaiah Ford, another situation. That guy was a, a fine player for them. Stepped up and played well when Preston Williams got hurt. Well, Preston Williams is back. How is Isaiah Ford going to see the field? You can go down the list. There are a number of guys in that situation. Um, and and that's, that's a sign of an improving team, I'd say. Absolutely so. Um, and, you know, like you mentioned, the offense is still a little... It, it's incomplete, obviously. They're, mm-hmm. they're not there. And it's, they're certainly not there as the goal is stated. And the goal is obviously you got to go win a Super Bowl. They're not anywhere close to that. But compared to the team that stepped off the field at Gillette Stadium last December 30th or whatever it was, compared to today, way better, uh, much different. And I think it's an encouraging, encouraging sign that it's not a complete uh, rebuilding project yet, but we're seeing the possibilities of advancement, the possibilities of improvement. I, I, I completely agree. we got to take a quick break. Uh, but on the other side, we, we haven't talked draft yet. And it's three weeks from tomorrow, Armando. It's going to go forward. The NFL is determined to have the draft three weeks from tomorrow. Uh, we'll get into that uh, when we get back. Uh, Armando, I was watching ESPN last night. Maybe it was last night, the day before. Anyway, the days run together. And I learned something on ESPN. Did you, learn, did you learn that the Dolphins 
don't love Tua as much as everybody thinks and yeah, kind of like Justin Herbert? Yeah, I had to pick my jaw up off the floor when I heard that because this is information that's brand new to me. I'd never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I, you know, it's kind of discouraging in many regards because the Miami Herald reported this uh, in March. And <laughs> people are looking at it like, oh, my gosh, look. Look, this is brand new. This wow, what does this mean? Uh, well, it means that somebody read the Miami Herald <laughs> and all of a sudden checked with their sources or source or whatever, and it's true, of course. And off we go, and and it's brand new. Really? Come on. All right, so let's let's play a quick game. Name the number. The number is the percentage chance that the following quarterback is who the Dolphins draft in the first round, okay? Yep. Name the number. Joe Burrow. 1%. Tua Tungabailoa. Uh, 50%. Uh, Justin Herbert. 50%. <laughs> We're already at 101%. <laughs> And we the, Dolphins, the Dolphins are trying really hard, bro. <laughs> and I'm doing, the Dolphins are going at 101%. They're, they're above maximum. And that doesn't leave any room for Jordan Love. No, I, I don't see that. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, you think the Dolphins might draft Jordan Love? I think the Dolphins are planning for contingencies. And um, I think they really love the idea of having those other two first round picks. And so I think I, I think Jordan Love is a contingency, maybe moving up from 18 to 12 or whatever, if they need to and throwing a, a second round pick someone's way to get their quarterback. I think that's definitely plan C or D. But I, I would say there's a five or six percent chance that happens. Wow. I, I don't see it. it Okay, so obviously there is a scenario where it happens. But I would say to you that if Jordan Love is a Miami Dolphin on April 23rd, something went wrong. Mm -hmm. And this is what I mean by that. The Dolphins have every intention of trying to trade up to uh, acquire Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. And let's be real with the folks, okay? It's not going to work. Yeah, I have, every I have every intention of winning Powerball. I'm going to do whatever I can to win Powerball. That doesn't mean I'm going to win Powerball. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's not going to – it takes two to tango, also foxtrot, also hustle. It's not going <laughs> to work. And so, and so what I – people are going to think I'm 98 years old, the foxtrot. Anyway, so that's not going to work. But – what will be a realistic opportunity is either Tonga Vailoa or Justin Herbert. And if the Dolphins fail to get either of those two, it's a mess, Beasley. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. a mess. That means the Los Angeles Chargers jumped them. That means something happened weird where they couldn't get to the second or third best quarterback in the draft. Well, here, here's the scenario that I think could happen. Um, th there are reservations about Tua's health remain. They haven't gone away just because Tua's put some, you know, 
<laughs> glamour shot videos up of him dropping back. And have you noticed, by the way, uh, uh, Tua is not going to have a private pro day that he's going to live stream. Uh, but people were thinking that was going to be his way around this whole mess, that he would just conduct a workout and then provide the video to teams. I think Yahoo reported that's not going to happen now. So even the, uh, the, the fig leaf of transparency is now gone. He holds all the information. Really, I mean, there's, they're, they're, the, the, the teams are in the dark with a lot of things with Tua because of this situation, because the visits are canceled, because his private pro day is canceled. Um, and he's not going to provide video to, to teams of him working out if that Yahoo report is correct. So if you're the Dolphins and you've been waiting for this moment for, for a year and a half now, and you really um, you know, need to get a quarterback, but you're not 100% convinced on Tua, say the Chargers do jump you for Justin Herbert and you're sitting there at five, do you take Tua if you have these medical red flags? Or do you say, you know what? We're better off with Jordan Love because at least we know his body is in one piece. I think that's the scenario in which the Dolphins end up without any of those top three guys. Jordan Love at number five? I wouldn't say five, but there are scenarios that he, they can get up to like 10, 11. And, and what, if you get the Chargers out of your way, there's no other team for a while that really needs a quarterback. I mean, the Chargers, after the whole quarterback rigmarole, unless the, the Patriots are going to somehow jump from 25 to 9, um, the teams with the most desperate need for quarterbacks have, have addressed those needs. Uh, so you can, you can get up to, say, 12, 13 from 18 and still feel comfortable about getting your quarterback. All right. So what have the Dolphins lacked more than anything else that has kept them away from success more than anything else in the last 20, 20 years, Adam Beasley? Well, I think there are two things. One, the obvious answer is quarterback, but two yes. is long-term, long-term vision. Okay, so uh, you can't draft long-term vision. So quarterback. Okay, so you're saying that the Dolphins sitting there at number five with Tua Tungabailoa uh, available will go and pick someone else? Yeah, at some tough. other put at some other position with the idea that we'll come back later and possibly trade up to go for Jordan Love, who is an inferior player that 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 would take some amazing intestinal balls. <laughs> uh, that would take some amazing um, just chutzpah to 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 do that i i don't see also some amazing stupidity to be honest with you because so you're going to use draft you didn't use draft assets to trade up for the second or the third best quarterback but you're going to use draft assets to trade up for the fourth best quarterback that that's redonkulous understood i i i, I understand your argument i will say this do you think the Dolphins are comfortable with Tua's health? Absolutely not. Abs- n- look, uh, Randy Mueller, who was the Dolphins general manager and who got sort of a bad, you know, he, 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 got, he got railroaded a little bit because his draft, if you look at it, wasn't as bad as what everybody thought at the end of the day. Ted Ginn is still playing in the NFL. When and I'm not saying he should have been the first 
pick or number nine overall, but he's still playing in the NFL. He was one of the better players in that draft. (laughs) Yeah. So he said that there is, unlike the draft gurus on Twitter that have 200,000 followers and have never, ever, you know, actually put their name on a draft and had their job at stake, all those guys are comfortable with Tua. But real general managers who have the future of a franchise in their hands and their jobs and their families at stake, they could never be comfortable with the Tua Tonga Vailoa medical situation, especially in this climate where you don't have all the information, where you don't have the rechecks at the combine, where you don't have the one-on-one 30 visit, where you don't have the pro day, where you don't have all of the dinners and the lunches and the this and the that, where you get to know the guy that you're you're putting your entire franchise on for the next five or seven years. They don't have any of that, and none of them, not one, is going to be able to be comfortable picking Tua. Yeah. You, what you're betting on if you take him is you're, you're playing the percentage games. The percentage of him staying healthy and being a star is better than the percentage of him falling apart physically. And that's, and that's, the, that's the choice you're going to have to make. And, and let's be frank, no matter who the Dolphins, what the Dolphins do here, there is risk involved, including trading the whole eight up to number one and giving up a ton of assets to do so because there's lost value there. And you even still, you don't know Joe Burrow is going to be a star. You think he has the highest likelihood of being a star. But as you've written many times before, the number one pick guarantees you nothing but the number one pick. And and so I, I think no matter what the decision is made here, there is enormous risk involved. And that's why, <laughs> I mean, I would not want to be in Chris Greer's shoes. I'd like his bank account. That'd be fun. But I would not want to be in his shoes right now because there is there is – there is disaster lurking around every corner with every decision he makes. And he has to make the right one because it's only his career at stake. Let's, let's get to the end of this on this. You look uh, amid all of this uncertainty about Tua, and then you look over here and there is this six foot six, 237 pound, seemingly unbreakable dude that runs faster than everybody else playing the position and throws the ball as well or farther than everybody else playing the position and has, for all his flaws on the intermediate and outside throws, he has the most accurate deep arm of anyone else. And you're going, oh, hey, Justin Herbert's a pretty good uh, option. Let me think about that for a minute. How do you turn away from that and pick the, you know, the, the super question? Great question. Here's my answer. I believe that Dolphins can win a Super Bowl with Tua. I don't believe they can win a Super Bowl with Justin Herbert. That's, that's what, it, to me, it comes down to. I, I cannot see Justin Herbert as a quarterback that leads his team the way Patrick Mahomes did when he needs, needs the most on the biggest stage and lifts that Lombardi trophy. I can't see that. That's not a vision I have. And so if that's not what you're going to get out of your franchise quarterback, what are you doing? And that, and, and that again, has been my stumbling block all along with Justin Herbert. 
That's fair. Um, and I and I'm there with you. I look. At, you have to go back to the tape, right? And the tape mm -hmm. from last year at Oregon says, "Yikes, this guy's not there. He's not right." But then you hear all the the, the so-called. It's almost like the more information you have, the less information you have. Because <laughs> the, I know what I saw, and what I saw says, "Don't do it." But then all the experts tell me, "Well, you know, the offense at Oregon, it was not very good, and they were not." They were not really maximizing him, and they didn't really utilize him well. You, you know what they're, you know what they're really doing? Really well there? coached. You know what they're doing? They're 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 unloading on your on your Cuban brother Mario. That's what they're doing. They're saying Mario is a bad coach. What do you think about that, Armando? I think that all men are my brethren, whether they're, <laughs> whether they're Cubans or Nigerians or Irish or they're all we're all one race of man. That um, is true. Uh, but I, look, but it's true because if you plug Justin Herbert into the Alabama offense, the Alabama offense, where I think the kid's name is Matt Jones mm -hmm. after Tua went out, Matt Jones had a game where he threw for like, you know, 430 yards <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he'll never play in the NFL. And yet, that guy was throwing for 430 yards because he had Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy and that offensive line that's going to have a first-round draft pick and two third-round draft picks. I mean, are you serious? That That's a lot of talent that Tua packed around him. Totally true. Totally true. Yeah, I, I, I will say this. Uh, you and I are of different minds on whether or not the Dolphins winning late was good for the franchise or not. Uh, do you think Chris Greer wishes they finished three and thirteen and not five and eleven? That's a good question. <clears throat> That's a good question because I I know Steve Ross wishes that was the case. Mm -hmm. I know that, uh, but I'm not sure about Chris Greer. You know that. Chris Greer, the, the, what was the first thing? Well, you weren't there but because you were uh, interviewing uh, Tua, I believe, but or someone else, Justin Herbert maybe. Mm -hmm. But the first thing that Chris Greer said at the Indianapolis Combine press conference was, we weren't tanking. We, we weren't. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, it's February. What are you doing? I mean, yeah. let's, let's move on. Let's fight uh, the next battle. <laughs> yeah, seriously, and I wanted to say, you know, I didn't feel like getting into an argument with the guy, but, uh, you know, the argument ender to that conversation would be, so you're not tanking? That was you doing the best that you could do last year at 20, you know, in 2019? You personally, Chris Greer, that was your holy best? Come on, man. Yeah, they were obviously putting off the present for the future. If you want to call it tanking or not. That's fine. That's what they were doing. But the question is, even if they were three and thirteen, Joe Burrow, okay, <laughs> he's not Andrew hey, Luck. At least, at least you don't have to give up assets to get him, right? At least you don't have to give up first round picks and maybe players. I feel like we may have discussed this in the last day or two about what it might take uh, for for Mike Brown to move to move down to five. But uh, well, maybe tell the people. 
MiamiHerald.com, I think, has a story uh, that you may have written that you were fake Chris Greer. I believe I was fake Mike Brown. Does that sound familiar? I fleeced you, dude. <laughs> I, I, I really, I really fleeced you. So Adam and I did a negotiation, Mike Brown versus Chris Greer, to try to make a trade for Joe Burrow. And I thought that this was going to be the shortest story in the world because I figured I would call you and you as Mike Brown would tell me as Chris Greer, I'm not trading number one overall, goodbye. And that would be the end of the transcript. But no, you went with it and I fleeced you. I killed you. <laughs> what did I, I, I'm not going to give away the secret uh, because people want to, we want people to click on the story. But I, I believe the, uh, the Bengals, because of these, the, the savvy moves, of Mike Brown yesterday, our position to win the AFC North. That's that, that's all I'm going to say. I fleeced you. <laughs> it was like I took you to the woodshed, and I, I it was like, get me a switch. I got to, I've got to beat Beasley on this. It's uh, and I, yes, please go see the story and tell me if I'm not right because what fake Chris Greer had to give up. To get to the number one overall pick to get Joe Burrow, I love it. <laughs> I love it. To, and let me ask you this, Adam. Mm. Take, take, take off your fake Mike Brown mask so wrinkles gone now. Mm. Um, if you're Adam Beasley, which you are, and you're covering the Miami Dolphins, which you do, and this trade as we worked it out, is announced your reporting will say what about that trade oh i mean obviously the dolphins are going to get the quarterback they wanted but it cost them arguably their two best players and two 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 number one picks well that but it, are you going to say this was a good thing for the dolphins or a bad thing for the dolphins uh no, I mean, I would say that the argument I would make would be the Dolphins knew they had to pay a premium, and they did it with, instead of giving up their entire draft class, they did it with, you know, with established players. Um, it, I, it all comes down to what, whether you think the biggest name in that trade, who we won't give away, is is the player of in 2020 that he was in 2018. How about that for a crappy tease? So my column would read... Chris Greer fleeced Mike Brown, <laughs> destroyed him, destroyed him. Anyway, that, that, that's I'm enough a, of that. I'm a, I'm a man of the people. Uh, the man of the people, I believe, on Twitter.com say I won that trade. Really? Mm-hmm. They the said people that they, say... The Dolphins fans said they would not make that trade. Then Dolphin fans don't know <laughs> what they're talking about. Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with my fully uh, rebuilt offense and defense with, the, with uh, tons of draft inventory and go win the AFC North and, and, and compete. And I'm, I might even, you know what, I'm going to take Tua and I might even keep Andy Dalton for another season. Why not now? You're going to redshirt, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll redshirt Tua, let Dalton have one year, more year as a starter, and, 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 and away we go. Yes, because Andy Dalton, you can win the AFC North. You can't, really. Unless the Pittsburgh Steelers are leaving the division, and, and and the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and and oh by the way, 
you can't win it. And on top of that, your quarterbacks never won a playoff game. So enjoy. Thank you. I didn't. I didn't say win a Super Bowl. I said win the division. That that he, he's he's more than capable of doing that. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate you, uh, <laughs> you you joining us today. We had a lot of fun. We hope that you are holding up well during this time of uh, national, you know, struggles. Everything's going to be all right, people. Join us again next week on the Dolphins in Depth podcast. <laughs>